You're listening to the following program on TFN Audio from the Fantasy Network, where independent creators and fans of fantasy, sci-fi, horror, and gaming meet to create, stream, and support the shows that they love. Creator-distributed, fan-supported, that's TFN. Find this and many more great programs at watch.thefantasy.network slash audio. Stephen D. Sullivan and St. Euphoria present... Atomic Tales! Stories of science, mystery, and excitement. This episode features the latest installment in our fantastic original series, Strange Invaders. Tonight, we conclude our heroes' initial encounters with the giant bugs now poised to spread like an A-bomb-birthed plague across America in... Wings of Death. Join us now as we present another in our continuing series of... Atomic Tales. Thanks for taking the time to have lunch with me, Agent 3. I mean, Suzanne. I I mean, Rocky. Suzanne is fine if that's easier for you, Gigi. Even though most people at the Bureau call me Rocky. Sorry. It's just that I'm so nervous. About your father, the general... I heard he'd been writing you pretty hard. Yeah, he doesn't want me becoming an agent. Says I'm too young. Though, I think he really just doesn't want me to do it because I'm a girl. He'd flip his lid if he knew I was talking to you during my lunch break. Doesn't want me fraternizing with the agents. Or anybody, really. Dads can be like that. So what did you want to talk about, Gigi? Well, my dad banned me from listening to the case files. And I wanted to find out what happened after the killer wasps chased you and Agent One down to the lakeshore. I mean, I know you weren't killed, but... That's a pretty tight spot, that's for sure. So here's what happened. Ray! Duck! I shouted as a wasp the size of a dinner platter came barreling toward the back of Agent One's head. He turned, but not in time. And I couldn't shoot the giant insect without hitting Ray. My partner grunted as the bug hit him, and he went down, his body splashing into the soggy ground of the cattail marsh. I couldn't tell if he'd been stung, but the wasp that nailed him quickly turned to finish the job. I had a beat on the thing now, though, and a single shot of my automatic turned the yellow and black monster into a pile of foul-smelling greenish goo, which quickly disintegrated. There was no time to admire my marksmanship or collect samples for the tarragons, though. Ray! I cried. Kneeling next to Agent One's prone form, the escalating droning thrum in the air told me I didn't have much time to check his wounds before the bugs would be on us again. A big red scrape covered the left side of Agent One's neck, and his shoulder looked swollen. Stung, probably. I tore away his sleeve, but didn't see a stinger in the wound. Remembering a lecture Doc gave us, I didn't cut or tourniquet it. Ray would have to fight off the effects on his own until I could retrieve the antivenom kit from the agency's Studebaker. I didn't think his neck injury would require stitches, assuming my co-agent lived. Right then, I had more pressing things to worry about, as another wave of wasps swarmed in on us. I blasted as many as I could with my automatic, and then snatched up Ray's gun and extra clip after my own ammo ran out, which was all too soon. Agent One moaned softly while I fought for our lives. As I fired my last few rounds, I wondered how long it would take Agent Five, or somebody, to find our bodies. Damn! Empty! 
We had more ammo in the car, of course, but a cloud of yellow and black SOBs seethed between our cattail blind and that little piece of salvation. I drew the combat knife from my boot and skewered a bug I hadn't been able to shoot. I cut the one after that in half as it zeroed in on me. So far, my French resistance knife fighting training had saved our bacon, but I knew that only last while the bugs came one or two at a time and it looked like our luck had just about run out. Three of them angled in on us, buzzing bundles of yellow and black fury. I dodged the first, neatly bisected the second, and cut a wing off the third. I kicked the crippled one into the nearby lake before I could crawl over to Ray. If my partner had been conscious, now would have been a great time to dive into the water and hold our breaths. But with him out cold, ah! pain like fire shot up my back. I wheeled, cutting with my knife, but my fingers had gone numb from the sting. I watched helplessly as the blade flew from my hand into the cattails. The wasp hovered less than a yard away, looking to sting me again. Desperate, I threw a haymaker left as my knees went weak. I got lucky and smacked it in the head. The bugger scudded through the air out over the lake before righting itself and coming at me again. I ducked, throwing my body across rays, hoping that I might at least protect him, even at the cost of my own life. The evil buzz of giant insect wings droned ever louder. I looked up, and a demonic yellow and black face leered at me, hovering, aiming for the kill. I'd have swung at it, but now pain from the previous sting made it impossible to even stand. Being stabbed during the war had even felt better. Sorry, Ray. I managed to gasp between gritted teeth. The shadow swooped overhead, and suddenly the wasp just vanished. What the... I didn't have time to figure out this miraculous save. I could see through the reeds the two more monsters were winging our way. I fought down the pain and struggled to my feet, determined to make the best fight of it that I could. But a tingling sensation in the back of my neck told me to duck. I did, just as a huge shadow buzzed past me, followed by another. I gasped. Dragonflies! The new bugs were at least a yard long with wingspans twice that. They plucked the deadly wasps out of the air as easily as a kid pulling petals off a flower. I once read that dragonflies were the deadliest predator in the world and these sure were making short work of the wasps. As soon as the bigger insects appeared, the wasps lost all interest in Ray and me. I didn't have time to admire the lopsided bug fight, though. Come on, Ray, I said, grunting as I dragged Agent One out of the cattails and towards the safety of our Studebaker. Every muscle in my body was ablaze, but if I could just get us to the car, Ray groaned and actually started stumbling along as I half carried him. Our Studebaker still lay a long way off. The flutter of giant wings grew closer. I looked back and cursed as the dragonfly, big as a bald eagle, vectored toward us. Apparently humans were on its menu once wasps ran out. Get the hell back! I screamed futilely, still half-dragging Ray toward the car. The dragonfly exploded. For a moment, my pain-racked brain thought I'd somehow done it. Then, two more. The ones closest to us went down, too. I turned and saw a second Studebaker parked next to ours, an Agent 5, Nelson Deadeye Corrigan, grinning at us. Thin wisps of vapor drifted from the muzzle of his specially modified sniper rifle, and the stench of cordite and rancid bug guts filled the early summer air. I got worried when I couldn't raise you on the car radio, Five said. Figured I'd better drive out and see what was going on. Under his watchful eye, the remaining handful of giant dragonflies kept their distance, though they continued picking off the remaining wasps. Seems they feared Five's sting more than that of their fellow insects. 
I didn't blame them. Want me to mop up the rest? Five asked. He pressed his eye to his scope once more as Ray and I reached the cars. No way to tell if those are the only ones, I replied. Time to call in the army. Hi, this is Arif Silverman, and I wanted to let you know that my radio play, Black Blade, is now available to stream on the Fantasy Network. The play chronicles the apex of a decades-long witch hunt and includes ancient forests, wyverns, and magic swords. A diverse cast of characters and team members tell a subversive, timely story about a world racked with political and environmental struggles. I hope you'll tune in. So that's exactly what we did, Gigi. Ray and I got some much-needed medical attention as Five helped the grunts clear the area of bugs of all types, even Ray's fireflies. Aw, that's kind of sad. They weren't hurting anybody. Yeah, I guess, but with what we'd been through, none of us wanted to take any chances. The tarragons were pretty disappointed, though. By the time they arrived, there was nothing left to take samples of. So what caused it all, Rocky? Atomic radiation, flying saucers, natural mutation, Soviet experiments. What did the Terragons figure out? Nobody knows, Gigi. They're still working on it. Ray and I recovered, and at the time we all thought that Colorado might be the end of it. Of course, it was only the beginning. Did the Terragons know this was coming somehow? Is that why they formed the Bureau? I've got to get back to work. You'll have to ask the Terragons yourself. If my dad... I mean the general, will let me. Gigi, keep studying and asking questions and you'll make a fine agent one day. But don't let anyone, not even your dad, tell you what you can or can't do or be. I won't. Thanks, Suzanne. You're welcome, future Agent Brock. This has been an original story of Strange Invaders, part of our ongoing series of Atomic Tales. Brought to you by St. Euphoria Productions. Tonight's episode, Wings of Death, was written by Stephen D. Sullivan. It was produced and edited by Christopher R. Mim and read by Rachel Grubb as Agent 3, Suzanne Rocky Rockford, Stephen D. Sullivan as Agent 5, Nelson Deadeye Corrigan, and Gwen Ruhoff as Bureau Secretary and aspiring future agent, Gigi Brock. Be sure to tune in next month for more Atomic Tales. Please support the films of Christopher R. Mim at SaintEuphoria.com and the work of Stephen D. Sullivan via his Patreon at PaySteve.com. Join the conversation at the Monster Conservancy at SaveMonsters.com. All elements of this episode are copyright 2021 by their creators and may not be reproduced or reused without permission. Atomic Tales and Strange Invaders are trademarks of Stephen D. Sullivan, all rights reserved. This is the St. Euphoria Audiocast Network.